Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. How are you doing this week, Stuart? Hey there. Doing okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I feel that. I feel that hard. Uh, this week, no, I just came off a really intense job that uh, hopefully I'll get around to talking about it on the normal YouTube channel. Uh, there's a fun little anecdote. So uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to hear that. Um, I've, I've got a wedding in Boston coming up. I leave tomorrow for the airport and then... Uh, yeah, no, it just a lot of. Well, I guess by the time this airs, <laughs> It'll be over. I will be back from Boston. But uh, no, it's just just busy, busy week. We are busy, um, busy, but not too busy to record a podcast. So. Not too busy, but uh, one one of the things that I've been doing to waste time and procrastinate is scroll the internet because of course I have, and I came across this article, and we're going to talk about it. So this article is an f stop art f stoppers article called "My Camera's Not Good Enough." and seven other stupid things photographers say. It should actually be eight stupid things photographers say, but um, misleading, weird titles. So we're going to go through this list of eight things and see if we agree or do not agree. Sounds good. Maybe I'll put in some fun sound effects or something if we agree. I don't know. We'll... <laughs> like or dislike. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so we're going to start. My camera is not good enough. Uh, as in, I agree. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> that is a stupid thing to say. And it is something that I hear so often. Uh, yeah. my fun anecdote about that is literally the first wedding I ever shot was with a Canon rebel XSI. Mm. If you are not familiar, Google it. Uh, it was a very crappy camera. Um, the qual- quality, if you put it to ISO 800, just turned to garbage, 1600, completely unusable. And 1600 was its cap. Um, it was 12 megapixels. It was slow as all hell to actually shoot and record. It was like three frames a second. It's an objectively terrible camera. And that's the one that I started on anyway. So I shot my very first wedding on that camera. And one of the bridesmaids was so impressed with one of the photos that I showed her on the back of the camera. She's like, Ooh, that's so fancy. What are you shooting with? I was like, Oh, it's a Canon XSI. She's like, really? Cause that's the same one I have. And it's not a good camera. <laughs> But it is. But it is. But what can you do with it? Yeah, exactly. Um, Unless, so your camera likely is capable of doing what you need it to do. Like, if it's made within the past, you know, 20 years, it's likely able Uh, to do... Let's lower that to, like, 8. All right. If you lower that, because because the XSI was 10 years ago. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) If If you lower it to the last 5 to 8 years, any camera in that time frame is good enough all right all right yeah so yes <laughs> i was being hyperbolic but if your camera was even remotely recent in technology terms um it is capable of doing what you needed to do um and so that that and uh saying my camera's not good enough tends to mean i'm not good enough if you're reading between the lines um so yeah the the answer the answer could be a variety of different things but yeah, likely it- your camera can do what you need to do that is definitely a stupid thing to say, though, in mm-hmm. most circumstances, because what that leads to is if I get a better camera, I will be a better photographer, which mm-hmm. is not true. And then your bur- bubble will be burst when you do get that camera and you are not better. Exactly. 
Number two, I need higher resolution. Yes. Yes, you do. No, I'm kidding. Don't we all? <laughs> I would lo- I would love higher resolution. Do I need so it? Just, Probably not. Just, yeah, so funny funny anecdote for this one in oh my god, the time is flying away. Is twenty twenty one the new twenty twenty? Like what is just happening to this year? I think twenty twenty and twenty twenty one are both a wash. I I, th- I think they have just merged into one uh, like 19 month mega year or something anyway um no so so in december i actually just bought a a high resolution camera because yes i wanted more resolution to print Mm -hmm. stuff but again unless you are printing wall size posters or uh billboards or this an advertisement that's going to go on the side of a bus probably don't need more resolution Mm mm-hmm this is a bit of trivia that's been in one of our previous uh, previous podcasts. But do you know what the camera resolution was for the very first digital camera that shot a cover of Vogue magazine? I I know we said this before, and I can't remember, but probably lower than you would expect. <laughs> Three megapixels. Three megapixels. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So, um, yeah, basically, I got a steal of a deal on a high-resolution camera that was being discontinued. So I'm like, yeah, I, I do want the higher resolution. But mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you don't need it. Uh, higher resolution is just going to show more detail and more flaws. And if you're a bad photographer, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want mm-hmm. your three-megapixel potato until until you know what you're doing with it. Yeah. <laughs> if you really, truly need high resolution, you will know like you will definitely know this is just a just a want but yeah oh well yeah number three i can't do macro because i don't have a macro lens no no bum bum ba dum uh, yeah um you you can do macro if you don't have a macro lens but this is one that, yeah, I... Yeah, no, uh, you need a macro lens. You do really need a macro lens. Yes, so, people will tell you online, you can flip your lens around or you can add uh, rings or whatever. Ex- or an extension and, tube. Or, extension or you tube, just yeah. have one of those high-resolution ones and, like, crop it. Mm-hmm. Like, no. There you, there was one wedding I shot where I forgot my macro lens at home, and when it came to the ring shot, I went, oh, no. And I, like, tried to make it work, but the photo's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, it's certainly not macro. Yeah, you can you can try to approximate macro, and I would say that the the best thing that I've seen is extension tubes. In my experience, I've tried all of these different ones, but there is nothing to really replace a true macro lens, especially something specialized like our favorite lens, the Laowa Probe lens. <laughs> you will not get any. Uh, there's no approximating that look. No. Um, that is the only way to get that look. Um, Although I will try with my new smartphone yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, no, the like the other macro lens that is much more affordable and accessible and is pretty standard for most camera brands is the hundred mil macro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe on Canon it's one hundred five or Nikon it's one hundred five. Canon yeah, is one hundred. But like that that close enough ish. Um, you can, I got mine for 350 full retail. Like it's, it's a very good, uh, but accessible lens and, mm-hmm. uh, like you need a macro lens. Yep. Like there is no comparison. If you shoot macro, you need a macro lens. But what about telephotos that have a macro mode? Does that count? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Those are, so, the, what it really comes down to is minimum focus distance. Mm-hmm. 
if you can't get close enough to the thing to make it macro, it's not going to be macro. Um, I think Laowa has some lenses that do qualify. Like the, they have that uh, one that I saw a YouTube video where the thumbnail was a dude holding a quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember that? Like, it's like yeah. a 12 millimeter wide angle architecture lens, but they're like, yeah. actually, the minimum focus distance is stupid small. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's Laowa. So, I mean, they make the probe. Of course, they're going to have some weird edge of case. Course they will. Of I mean, Laowa is weird edge case. But cases. again, that is a macro lens of yeah. like, it was designed for architecture to be a rectilinear wide angle, but it, it really comes down to if you do not have a lens that can get the one to one at least ratio it's not macro yep like Sounds... that's the definition just yep. exactly exactly like so... if it doesn't come from the champagne region of france then it's just sparkling narcissism that's the <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right number four my shots will never look like x's shots insert person photographer here um yeah my, my first question is why why do you want your shots to look like their shots wouldn't you want your shots to look like your shots very true but you know i understand um miming uh, another photographer's style if you want to learn how their process is and when you're first starting out or if you're trying to learn a new technique and the the easiest way to learn that sometimes is to replicate what somebody has already done um so i can understand that but um one you're this is a often a question of um of taste you know your taste is you're in a good position if your taste is always outstripping your ability to make um that's a good place to be even though it is not satisfying ever um so i understand this like you're you will if you're doing it right you will always feel this way that your work will never be as good as you want it to be but never look like somebody else's work um you know do your own work uh, and take your own path and don't worry about other people too much I think the other thing to add to that is, like, if you just said, just to throw a name out that everybody knows, Joe McNally, right? Mm-hmm. If you're like, oh, my work will never look like Joe McNally's work. Joe McNally already has the market cornered on people who want work that looks like Joe McNally. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like, it shouldn't look like his because he, no one will hire you. Like, you, they've already, they're just going to go to the source, you know? You're just a knockoff. Yeah. So, so there is something to be said for um, seeing like an Annie Leibovitz and wanting to impersonate it and draw inspiration, and then kind of de- like uh, I've been watching a lot of Loki recently. Like you've got that core timeline of the photographer you want to copy, and then it branches off, and that variant branch is is oh, this is me and my work. Yeah, it came from and originated from like for me personally. Uh, really came from like Joe McNally and Dave Hill. Mm-hmm. But now I have branched off where you cannot look at my work and say, oh, that's a Dave Hill because it doesn't look the same. But like, that's where I started. Yeah. 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 You got to start somewhere, but you should aspire to be your own look and brand. Indeed. Uh, number five, I can't afford to become a professional. It is expensive. It's yeah. Fun. Yes, it is but, expensive. But. 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 I feel like one of us should start talking at this point. But uh, you can be a professional. (laughs) I will start. You can be a professional with anything, pretty much. Like, a professional is just somebody paying you to do it. So, 
uh, you don't need like wh- whatever you would consider. I, you know, I, are you going to tell me that I'm not a professional because I don't shoot with a Sony Alpha One, even though I really, really want one, and I would love to argue that I'm not a professional without one? No, like I, I've, you know, the GH5 is super old at this point, and that's still like the camera that I use most for work. Um, that doesn't mean that the GH5 II that's coming out makes me less a professional, or the GH6 that's going to come out later this year makes me less less of a professional, like. A professional is what you make of it, and if you can convince somebody to pay you for a service, you're a professional. So, yeah, we, we talked about this once before. We didn't did. We? <laughs> we will link that in the in the notes uh, down below. But uh, no, being a professional, if you have a camera and a lens and know how to do the thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. you can conduct yourself in a professional manner and be a professional. Is website hosting expensive? It can be is what is like getting new lenses expensive. It mm-hmm. can be um, buying booths at wedding shows. Very expensive. There are things that are expensive. Mm-hmm. And so you might see those as barriers to entry. But if you know people who like you and your work and want to give you money, you can be a professional. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work your way up. You're you're comparing yourself to somebody who is existing in the market who has potentially a following who has a client base who can afford all of these things because they've worked as a professional for some period of time. And if you're just starting out, that seems like, well, I can't possibly get to that level where they are. Well, you can eventually they started small too. Um, unless they just got given a huge pile of money, which would be great. <laughs> but yeah, if you're starting out, don't... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you did I say that out loud? But yes, unless you got a pile of money, uh, uh, you should expect to this time of year. Yeah. work your way up. And that's how everybody does it. <laughs> uh, all right, number six. I only shoot natural light. We did an episode on this. We did. We did. Uh, that is that is a dumb thing to say. Don't do it. Next one. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can elaborate for 10 seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a cop-out. Just like learn how to use natural light or learn how to use flash for the times that you need Mm -hmm. flash. Just stop saying that. The other thing that I would say is if you only shoot natural light, you're super limiting yourself. Like, you know, I, I understand the desire to not want to overcomplicate things, but don't limit yourself. Don't pigeonhole yourself only in one mode of lighting things you will literally not be able to accomplish certain things because you only shoot natural light and who wants to limit themselves right yeah don't do that and plus you might just look at your photos and go oh i'm not really happy with the quality why don't my photos look like that guy it's probably because that guy doesn't use complete natural light yep (laughs) so be happy and don't limit yourself you deserve better than limiting yourself just to natural light Number seven, this lens is rubbish. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, lenses can be rubbish. That's fine. It could be. That's a valid argument. It could be rubbish. But think about all the people that buy old rubbish lenses just for the look of rubbish. That is very true. Maybe your lens hipsters, and I hate them. Maybe your lens isn't rubbish. Maybe your lens (laughs) is is aesthetic, as they say. Vintage. I really uh, dislike, side note, I really dislike the use of, use of aesthetic as a noun. Like, a, a, an aesthetic is something. It's not, you don't say something is aesthetic. That doesn't mean anything. No, what does that mean? Aesthetic is a thing. Like, that's like saying something is style. Yeah, but yeah. what style? <laughs> what aesthetic? 
So no, true. your your uh, old Russian lens is not aesthetic. What aesthetic is it? Old Russian lens. <laughs> it's 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 hipstery and vintage. Uh, no, so there there is there is. Uh, it's kind of that like if you watch a movie and it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's a bad movie. And mm-hmm. then you shouldn't watch it. But then there are movies that are so bad they're good again. Like, I feel like with rubbish lenses, of like there are some lenses that are just bad, mm-hmm. but they're not so bad that they're vintage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, no, I actually have one lens where just like uh, the focus is complete garbage and it racks back and forth and the minimum focus distance is always a lot longer than I think it is. And shooting portraits with it is a pain. But it's like, I, I generally don't own zoom lenses just because I prefer primes, but I just needed a zoom lens to cover a certain range for when I shoot weddings. And it just, it sucks. I don't like it. it it's not a kit lens. It's still 2.8 yeah. all the way through the zoom range, but it, I just don't like it. And it is rubbish. Do I use it? Yeah, when I need to. Mm-hmm. But... I, I really, really want mirror lenses to not be rubbish so that I don't end up eventually buying some really expensive telephoto lenses lens but unfortunately mirror lenses are rubbish always and i avoid buying one even though i really I, want to believe i bought one for twenty dollars once okay for twenty dollars i might buy it. and i did a comparison has this comparison gone up on my channel yet i don't know i i'm gonna i'm gonna write that down and i'm gonna do a comparison no i bought i bought a mirror lens for twenty dollars i have not gotten around to getting rid of it yet it's I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's not great, <laughs> but I, I guess I got twenty dollars of use out of it. Well, I al- I already kind of spoiled it because I said that they are rubbish. But yeah, they they are kind of rubbish. <laughs> That's true. But how rubbish are they? You're going to have to watch the video to find out. Yeah, there you go. Number yeah. eight. Number eight. I don't like to edit my photos. It feels like cheating. Oh, can I just hit you in the face with a brick? <laughs> no, because then you'd have to edit the wound out of the photo. Oh yeah, that that's more Photoshop. That's that's that and that would be cheating. Uh so cameras uh, here's here's a a fun thing to think about if you don't if you think that editing is cheating. Cameras are not perfect representations of reality of what the They're scene not. actually looks like to your eyes. You can look at a scene, take a picture, look at it how it came out of your camera and notice immediately all of the differences between how you actually see the scene and how the camera sees the scene. Yeah. So if you were to post that picture straight out of the camera, you are already not representing reality. So if you're already not representing reality, why not help it out a little bit? Maybe maybe the editing leads to actually a better representation of reality, closer mm-hmm. to what you're looking at. Or maybe forget reality and edit it however you want to create whatever style or look that you like or desire or being are pay, being paid to do. That's uh, totally fine too. Absolutely. Yeah, the the my two knee jerk reactions to this uh left knee would be uh, exactly what you said of between uh the dynamic range and, you know, aperture and everything. It's not going to see what you see. That's why HDR and focus stacking and all of these other techniques exist so we can try and get closer to the reality that we saw. Um the right knee jerk reaction is um I don't care what it actually looks like because it always looks worse than i remember it you know what i care about is that it looks like what i remember 
it looked like. And sometimes, let's just take a wedding, for example, right? If I'm shooting this beautiful scenic landscape with the wedding couple, and I'm so focused on them, I don't notice that someone littered a Coca-Cola can, you know? I'm going to edit out that can. Is that cheating? Well, if I were there and I noticed it that day and I had walked over and picked up the can and moved it, essentially the exact same thing, but I just cheated. I just changed the environment to get the same end result type thing. Um, the other thing too is like a lot of times when I talk to people, like I don't care what it looks like. I care that the feeling of what you felt while you were there remains intact. So if if your sky is just dreary garbage, overcast Seattle weather, and you're shooting in the middle of July because you wanted a summer wedding, you know what? I'm going to put up a backlight with an orange gel to fake your sunset shot and probably do a sky replacement, and we're going to make that happen. Um, so, no, it's it's not cheating. It's, it's very different of I submitted this fish to the, the scientific journal for you know, study, that is one kind of photography versus mm -hmm. I posted a pretty landscape to my social media page. That's a completely different thing. Yep. Unless, yeah, unless you're, you're shooting for scientific purposes, um, for research purposes, and this has to be as close to a representation of actual reality as possible. It's art. It's not science. So I mean, even then, when it. I shot menus for Taco Bell, they're like, hey, the photo, the meat is a little too brown. It needs to just be a little more red. And so I have a taco in my hand, and I have the photo on the screen. And I'm literally looking at the lettuce and trying to get the yellow and the green of the lettuce to match. Mm -hmm. Of, like, it's it's not always accurate. Things happen. So. Yep. so don't worry about it. So there you go. That is our breakdown of the 1 plus 7, which equals 8. See if you can do math next time correctly, F-stoppers. 8 stupid things photographers should stop saying, and 2 that we completely agree with, so say them all you want. <laughs> if you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free. <laughs>